and welcome to Rewind Reviews, a podcast where sometimes, sometimes, listeners, the spirit of Christmas dies. And while we wish you, the listeners, a very merry Christmas with this going out around 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 the holiday, um, I want you to know that for Chris and I, in October, <laughs> October the thirteenth, so we're recording this. Um, We've possibly ruined Christmas for ourselves for the rest of this year by watching I mean, this piece of shit. <laughs> you don't have to watch all three of them again. Oh, God. You're having to watch them again? Are you really? Yeah, it's, tr- it's tradition. I think Jess would rather Jess would rather I went, well, I've seen them now, never mind. But uh... <laughs> Yeah, I don't, and you know what, Chris? I don't blame her. Because what a soulless piece of shit this is. What such an obvious cash-in nonsense this is. Like, no one cared. No one gave a shit, Chris. I thought, I honestly thought the last movie that we saw that where it really felt like no one put any effort in was obviously going to be Secrets of Dumbledore. I did not imagine. I, did, I couldn't possibly imagine a world where there's a movie that I think the, 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 they gave less of a shit uh, was coming up. Um, it's remarkable. It's, this movie is amazing for a number of reasons, but not good though. <laughs> it's it's the fact this exists in its current state is incredible. Like a, 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 a script written by an AI at best, um, or that someone churned out in an afternoon because he just he was like, I need a paycheck. You know, uh, actors that are normally very talented, giving some of the worst performances I've ever seen committed to camera. What the fuck is Alan Arkin doing in this movie? I don't know. He's a wonderful actor, but what the fuck's happened here? Um, Genuinely some of the worst acting I've ever seen committed to film. Then on top of that, just like the most uninspired jokes, the the laziest ideas, no effort to characterize anyone. Just this is a bad movie, Chris. What what is this? What are you? So I'm now convinced I've not ever seen this movie in full because, as I was watching it, I was just like, I don't remember any of this. So I'm now under the impression that after the second one, I didn't bother with the third, and I'd seen enough clips of you know, what's his face is Jack Frost to sort of be on the fence about whether I'd seen it or not and just forgotten. But um, no, I haven't. I haven't seen this movie. Um, this is the quickest I think I've ever hated a movie, Chris. Mm. Um, yes, you messaged me about this. What was it? One minute, one minute thirty-seven seconds. I want to say. Uh, let me see. Yeah, one minute thirty-six seconds was when I decided that I hated this movie. Um, and I'm gonna, I'll, I'll elaborate on that, and then I'm gonna hand over to you to explain yourself, both for why you watch this every year, but also what your history with this is, because I don't have any apparently. But very quickly, um, I I cannot tell you how much I hate the elves being in school it's like the movie forgot and i know this is set up in the previous one i understand that but the fact they make it like a proper school and she's teaching them like really simplistic maths look these kids are thousands of years old they're smarter than you they know things they don't need to be taught basic maths just 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 think that through just think it through and that's more aimed at the writer than anything else but fucking hell so why is it like a proper like primary school school i was fuming as it was but then can't we learn what we want you know some exposition for the movie what why is that what you want to learn that doesn't make any sense 
That's the laziest way to cram exposition into a movie I've ever fucking heard in my life. Everyone involved should be absolutely ashamed of the writing. What an embarrassment of a movie. Just piece of shit. God damn it. <laughs> it's so bad, Chris. Why did you do this to me? <laughs> Especially right, because... I'm, I'm done. I'm done. The, uh, uh, that's the most the, energy you're going to get from me all podcast. Just carry on. It's, Especially because Buddy isn't that old. So presumably these elves were knocking around when he was born. <laughs> like, they all heard the story at the time. <laughs> right. Like, this is... Um, yeah, I'm so... Con- yeah, it just it doesn't make any sense. It's just purely there as a way to remind us, the viewer, what happened in the last movie. But it, it's so forced in. And then on top of that, it just shouldn't be the case anyway. Like, I just don't understand why we're doing primary school teaching to these people who are, like... Is the, has, the, has the writer forgotten the main thing about these elves is that they're not children? It's mm. bad. In many ways, though, Dan, uh-huh. a lot of good ideas here, isn't there? There's a what, sorry? There's a lot of good ideas here, though, isn't there? Uh, no. You know, <laughs> Santa, Santa Claus versus Jack Frost. Uh-huh. Good idea. No. Exploring, exploring how using time travel... And an alternative world, in a way, evoking Back to the Future. Um, is, and, it's, you know, and it's a wonderful life. And it's a wonderful life, which is a classic oh. Christmas movie. So oh. there's themes and nuances there, isn't there? No, and motifs. no. Derivative, um, derivative shite is what I would describe that as. But carry well, on. Well, motifs is a, is an alternative word. That's all mm. I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and using those to explore. Both the meaning of Christmas in a way and how, you know, in a way, this movie is completing and honouring the journey that we've seen throughout the films. You know, this is peak Santa Claus and yet he's struggling with the home life, that balance. Has that not been a theme throughout the entire trilogy? You know, the balance of Santa versus home life. And I think that this film really, by giving us that payoff of, well, okay, what if we... What if we took one away? What would that mean? For some reason, it would mean that Neil and his ex-wife got divorced. But which, you know, seems to be arguably bigging up his role as Santa Claus a bit too much. But what I'm saying, Dan, <laughs> is that you've got this epic battle between uh-huh. two legendary creatures. And, and you know, it is. It is epic. I think we can all agree on that. Um, yeah, they like roll around ep- in the snow a bit. You're right. Yeah. It's really epic. At multiple, at multiple uh-huh. points. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so I basically, I don't want to insult your intelligence, but have you understood it is what I'm saying. <laughs> this, this is like, um, this is like, <laughs> this is like talking to a Zack Snyder fan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I did get the symbolism, Chris. I did, I did. Mm. Um, Superman is Jesus. I got it. Um, It's it's still not good. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's not. It's it's not. Part of me, part of me, during all of that, was tempted to be like, should I do the whole podcast (laughs) like this? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I watch it every year because it's just it's bamboozling, and 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 fundamentally, I am a bit of a I am a bit of a sucker for for a little bit of time travel, a little bit of alternative history, a little but bit the, of the, uh, legendary creatures. But okay, um, right, but here's but yeah, okay, but like, you know, I like a bit of chocolate, but if you 
bake a bit of chocolate into a really shit cake. The chocolate is still a thing I like, but it's, you know, it's barely there, and the cake around it is shit. Like, uh, how much chocolate am I getting out of that? Do you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 yeah, alright, it, it, it very briefly tries to do an It's a Wonderful Life. Just because, you know, for a second the writer was just like, I don't know what to do next. Uh, and he glanced at his DVD shelf and went, oh yeah, It's a Wonderful Life, we'll do one of those. Like, just because for like five to ten minutes of this movie's runtime, we do that. It, that doesn't, that's not, that, I mean, it's, and it's, not, it's not done well. It's, we don't explore anything. It, it happens because someone said, oh, we'll do an It's a Wonderful Life. And they went, yeah, yeah, right, we'll, it, we'll, we'll it, sprinkle in a bit of Christmas Carol. Yeah, but okay, in all fine. seriousness, I I think you could. I genuinely do think you could do a version of this story that is quite good. You know, if you play on the home stuff even a little bit more, maybe you have his ex-wife sort of say to Scott, you know, whilst whilst it's different now, whilst you're Santa Claus and giving millions of children joy, fundamentally history's repeating itself a bit here, and you're not spending any time with your wife because you're Great. obsessed with yeah, your job. Perfect, like, Chris. see, what that like, is there know. is you've put some thought into it. <laughs> that's the mistake you've made chris you've 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 if you really want to write the santa claus 3 what you've got to do is basically not think about any of this because putting an ounce of thought into it would be and it would, would 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 be you know would be like the antithesis to what this is what it would it would be you'd be you'd be you'd be doing the opposite of what this writer chose to do uh which is just a lazy half-baked script um with where are the jokes chris where where are the jokes? Please tell me where the jokes are. <laughs> I just I just I can't understand because I I agree with you that there is a way to make this script work, but it would need basically putting in the bin. You'd be keeping the vaguest of concepts if you wanted to keep, and even then you wouldn't need to. But I I don't disagree that if you were going to focus on anything, it would be the idea that he's that that is the script's best idea is the idea that he is over you know is 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 once again too committed to his job right that's 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 fine that's a good starting point but everything else around it is just contrived nonsense like the jack frost stuff is like okay fun we can bring in another big comedic actor to work against tim allen except for they're apart from each other for most of the movie and it's just a MacGuffin to do a bad it's a wonderful life parody not even parody like impression like you know it's 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 nothing. It's yeah. Nothing is done with let's, any of well, it that's worth doing. Let's go deep into that because when when you first we you know we're not as always we're not going to do this chronologically and I really think with this one we do have a genuine. Every time we say we're not going to be too long with this podcast, don't worry, we end up being ages. This one we genuinely have an opportunity to get this wrapped up in about yeah. ninety minutes. Yeah, 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 let's let's go deep on that because so. He, for those that don't remember, Jack Frost, <laughs> Jack Frost really wants to be Santa and uses Scott's challenges at home, uh, which are basically he's not spending enough time with his wife who's pregnant. And she, he brings her parents and um, Neil um, and I can't remember his wife's ex-wife's name as always. Uh, why can I never remember that character's name? Um, uh, I think he it's bring- Laura. Laura, Neil and Laura, um, over to the North Pole um, to try and uh, give her some adult human company. Um, But it all kind of gets a bit tense. Jack Frost uses this to his advantage and invokes the escape clause 
um, which is where if Scott holds a snow globe and says, I wish I'd never became Santa, time reverses for one of them and not the other. Um, so basically, they go back in time. Jack Frost puts on the coat instead. So then they're transported to an alternative future where it's an instant for Scott and he can't remember anything. And yet for Jack, he can remember exactly what he's done in the last 12 years and even acknowledges specifically in dialogue, has it been 12 years already, suggesting that for some reason Jack experienced it as 12 years whereas Scott has just been transported back to well, the future. Also, like, who, um, who gets to decide who goes back? So a person invokes the Santa Claus, and, 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 and you know, there's no point in nitpicking this movie because, again, no one, no, no one put any thought into it, so it doesn't really matter. But just to, just to play devil's advocate on that for a second. But also, what are the rules on who gets to go back? Because shouldn't, shouldn't Scott go back? Sure. Oh, actually, why is anyone going back? Why can't it just be, I wish I'd never been Santa Claus, and then he wakes up in the office and he'd never been Santa Claus? And then he yeah. finds out that Jack Frost is in the North Pole. Yeah, yeah. Why do we Maybe, need to do the scuffle in the snow over the coat twice? Because because for... Oh, that's the first movie. For the for the Back because to the someone... Future thing of, oh, it's the characters from this third movie seeing the events of the first. Yeah, because right, someone okay. in, the, in, the, in the same way someone in the writer's room yeah. went, oh, it's a wonderful life. Someone went, oh, that'd be fun. And it, right. you know, arguably is. Logic makes it's, it, and, and unfortunately. Is, is it fun could... or is it just me going, huh, you forget how much time passed between the first and the third until you see how young Tim Allen and uh, the actor that plays Charlie were when they started. Eric Lloyd, yeah, yeah. Especially where you get a, li- you it, get which, a little which, bit look, with Tim. There's a little bit of... There's a, there's a, I guess there's a little pang somewhere there of, huh, like, good, there, this really has been a big chunk of these these actors' lives, you know. But that's not the movie invoking an emotion in me. That's me feeling an emotion for... Man, Tim Allen really, you know, he and Eric, like, they, they worked on these movies for five years, bless him. Like, five years? like Ten years, whatever it is. Like, it's a long time. Good for them. Like they, you know, they, 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 you know, this is like a little family for them now. This has clearly been a big part of all of their lives. But it's, but it's a superficial thing because that's not what the script is trying to do. It's not trying to make me notice the actors that have aged. It's that's just an no, accidental I, effect of it, you know. It's, and I think the the problem yeah. the pro- the problem is with this sort of thing. Every every plot hole I've just dug into with the time travel thing, someone could easily just go, yeah, but magic. He put on the suit, so he's Santa, so he experiences but, that. But why does he magic. go back with him? What, what's and, the rules on who gets to go back when so in Scott well, Calvin t- wishes on his they, magic snow globe? Is it proximity? If if two or three people had been stood around Scott Calvin, as they are in the towards the end of the movie, uh, both, would they have been sucked back in time also? Yeah, because in both instances they grab onto they grab onto each other. He Scott grabs onto Jack at the end, and Jack grabs onto Scott at the. And how did Jack know that he had to grab onto Scott to be able to do this? Because he he learns that he can undo Scott being Santa, but how does he figure out that he needs to hold on to him because they're going to get flung back into the day that the jacket thing happened? When, when does Jack learn that that's a rule? Yeah, he did when he doesn't like because it's very much sold by. Um, by the head elf, head head elf, as um, yeah. you know, it rewrites itself around them, which isn't what happens. They, they specifically travel back in time. But yeah. the I don't want to lose thread of, of of my my question. At, at first, 
when Scott then goes to visit Laura and her and Neil have got divorced, I'm like, really? Are we doing this, you know, sort of everyone's lives are so much worse and, like, the implication that because Scott is Santa, his ex-wife and her husband, who clearly have a good thing going, like, he's the reason they've stayed together? I came around a little bit when we got an an actual explanation for that. The notion of, well, it's not about Neil and Laura, it's about Charlie, and without Scott being around to be a father to Charlie, Charlie kicked back at Neil, which caused resentment between him and Laura. I was like, actually, there's there's an idea in that. It's not really explored, but there, there's kind of... There's a better justification than I thought there would be. Do you agree? Do you think it's still a bit weak and insulting to those characters what's your yeah massively so I, th- I think like the idea that like their relationship hangs on that much of a threat is insane but again the writers didn't put any thought into it so it's like i i like it's just kind of a thing that happens in the movie to because at first i thought because i text you when that moment happened and was like fuck they've wrote neil out of this movie twice now so we we get the the glimpse of oh neil's going to be in the north pole with the guys and i was like oh that's so exciting like you know we're going to get neil in the north pole that's going to be so much fun like what a what a random character to bring to the magical world you know the guy that in the first movie was the stuffy realist i like that i like that a lot that he's come that far but then he gets to the north pole we get like one scene of him being like the workshop and then he's frozen and i was like okay cool thanks movie and then we get to the flashback and i'm like oh we're gonna get to see alternate neil that never got to see magic at least we're getting to do different things with judge reinhold in this movie which i'm fine with i like judge reinhold i think he's a good actor i think he's a charming man give me more of that no problem and then we get there and he's like what he's like where's neil she's like neil we divorced years ago he's in the north pole i'm like oh for fuck's sake they've written neil out twice they froze him for the first part of the movie they've sent him up to the North Pole for the second. But thankfully and, and luckily, the reason it seems they chose to spoil both characters, in my opinion, and weaken their relationship so thoroughly was for a plot device to make Scott go to the North Pole. But here's my question to you, Chris. Would it not have been simpler for Scott to go to the house and they're not there they just don't live in that same house now. It's an alternate future. But there is a family there. And the kids are sad they didn't get to visit the North Pole this year. And he's like, what do you mean visit the North Pole? And then he finds out it's like a theme park. And then he goes. And we don't have to do anything in that time with Neil and Laura. I think Is that not is better? Arguably, but you're not really exploring how bad the world is. Yeah, but, you, but you, they're not, they don't do that anyway. So... Shrug. Mm, yeah, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> they don't. That, that's the thing. The movie. If the movie actually effectively explored how much worse his life would be, then I would have a problem with making that change. But essentially, it's just another step on the journey of pretending there's a story here, pretending there's a character here, pretending there's a movie here. <laughs> there isn't. No one cares. It was written by an AI. It's, it's fine. It doesn't matter. Like because the movie's not doing anything. What? Because name anything else that happens other than Scott's um, uh, back to making people work on Christmas or Christmas Eve. Beyond that, what else in the world is bad? A divorce that doesn't make sense. Cool. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, and the I guess the commercialization. Oh yeah, 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 okay. But you, but with my idea, you get you can get to that stuff. That stuff's fine. That stuff stays. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. Well, if 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 the divorce thing doesn't tell us anything about the world other than we can an existing relationship with the characters, then why is it in the movie? We're not doing anything else. Or use that time to show Scott's curmudgeonliness in another way instead. Because it is weird that. Most of the movie, in terms of like the the character focus, is focused on Scott and uh, Elizabeth Mitchell's character, whose name escapes me now, as well. Uh, Carol Neil Neil is the uh, Carol Neil is the only person whose name we can consistently remember. <laughs> um, Neil and Charlie. Um, so. Again, Scott an absolute testament to Judge Reinhold being a very charming and entertaining <laughs> yes. man to watch on yeah, screen. Yeah. And Scott. a testament to how much these writers have not bothered to make the women in these movies <laughs> yes. much yeah, to, yeah, to, sure. to, to be engaged with. Including this. So Scott and Carol are the focus. Their relationship, is it is it on the rocks? How is it? She's struggling. He's not noticing her. da 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 da, da. Would it not make so much more logical sense? And actually, given where we found that her character, mm-hmm. it, for all the reasons in the world, it would make way more sense for him to visit her in this alternative world and her be unhappy. And But you not make it about that. You make it about him going, I, I nearly didn't notice you in my, in my old life as Scott. You know, you were the principal and I nearly didn't notice you. And now I'm not noticing you again. And that's a fucking disaster because you're incredible. Either, you know, maybe you don't even have her unhappy. You have her with someone else or you just... Do you know what I mean? You could do mm-hmm. something. It makes so much more sense in that alternative timeline, you know, where Biff is king. It makes so much more sense for him to go and speak to Carol because mm-hmm. that's... In in cohesion with the rest of the m- fucking movie, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah, I I don't yeah that would be better. But again, we could sit here all day and and pick any sequence in this movie and do it better. Like it wouldn't take much because again, it it was best written in a weekend. And I and it's so it's so hard to review a movie like this because so this isn't even the fun kind of bad. You know, when a movie's so bad, you're like this is insane. They do this, they do this. What is happening? This is just like generic and derivative and boring <laughs> and i'm just watching it going like where's yeah. the where's any of the anything <laughs> like give me something because like the it, you know the second movie not great oh uh, you know I, I i didn't love the second movie you know we had that conversation i don't remember if we landed on recommending or not recommending actually i can't remember now but probably not recommending um unless you're like a huge fan of the franchise somehow but at least that movie was going for something they had a, they had ideas. They tried to execute them. There was something in it about like the magic of Christmas or whatever. This movie is devoid of all Christmas magic. There's despite nothing. Despite it movie. being set, despite it being set at the North Pole more than any other movie, right? And like it's the same. It's the, but that's the thing. They don't do anything new with it. It's it's the same lazy like it's it's the lazy shit. It's just like this. Oh, there's the sets. There's children that are elves. It's like. It's like it's not. It's not it only does. like that. It was written in a weekend. It's like it was written in a weekend by a guy who'd skimmed the notes of the first one rather than watching the first Again, one. 
that's that's kind of why again it's kind of extra frustrating because it's it's again if we didn't really because of the reversal thing we didn't really see him be santa in the santa claus too like we did a bit and we got the introduction of the legendary creatures but fundamentally in many ways, that movie. Now we dissect. I love that you call them done. legendary creatures. By the way, that's like, the legendary, no, legendary figure, figures. figures. Figures, sorry. Yeah, but it's now, just funny because it's talked... the idea that you you could you just, in your head they're like they're they're they're, they're creatures. They're they're monsters. They're beings. <laughs> like, like... The well, I mean, Bunny's a perv, isn't he? But we'll come back to that. Like so, they they and we talked about ways they could have enhanced it and done it more in the in the second one but fundamentally you know that's what they were trying to do so again the notion of mm. right well rather than doing another a third movie about him not being santa which in some ways the end of this movie is but but it, it is a good idea to go okay well let's really focus on what being santa looks like rather than it being about him either becoming or reversing from santa Let's make a movie about Santa. At its core, that that makes sense. That's a good idea. It's just not executed well. <laughs> it's because I I think part of it as well is this this need to to put some sort of clause into the movie, right? Because the the first two movies had a magical clause in his contract that were relevant, right? So they were like, ah, what do we do now? Escape clause. But I think a better version of this movie is one where you just accept there isn't going to be a clause quote unquote in this movie and it's just about you know he's more demanded than usual because jack frost is sabotaging the north pole left right and center Mm. and he's trying to sort that out and balance the in-laws the wife you know focusing on that plot you talked about earlier you know that idea that this is the mistake he made in his first marriage right but it's actually not even a hundred percent him. He's not normally this busy. He's just more so busy because everything's going wrong and it's Jack Frost's fault. And Jack Frost doesn't give a shit that he's affecting Scott's marriage because he just wants to ruin it. So Scott, or oh, yeah, God, you can even do it where like there is an escape clause and you set that up at the beginning of the movie and it's not a thing where he makes him hold the orb and then tricks him into saying it. None of that shit. He actually like makes his life so miserable. There's a point when he goes in and he's looking and he's considering it, you know. Oh, you you, a- oh, and you maybe maybe you don't have Jack Frost be. Maybe you have him trick the legendary figures. And actually, Scott Scott gets voted out of being Santa, and Jack. Oh, because he's doing him. such a bad job. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. Perfect. Like they're like, look, look, Scott. You know, we've we've you've you've been great as Santa. That you, but the, the, the things are so bad this year. There might not be a Christmas for so many children. We we, we got to get someone else in as Santa. And Jack Frost is like, I'm here. Like you know, perfect. Yeah, do that. Great and idea. And then Chris. the resolution that you know reveals Jack Frost's evil plan or something like that is led by Carol. Carol is the one that gets him the despite <sighs> all the trouble it's caused their marriage. Carol yeah. is the one that gets him the Santa Claus job back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect. Because then because you give her, I, she's got agency and something to do, and like, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Yes, please. And I also, she can I mean, she her... can be that hard ass head teacher we met in the first movie. Again, like, it'd be great. You know, the one that actually had some wit about her and not wasn't just there to be pregnant. <laughs> because well, then that that was going to be my next point. Because my other, th- as much as you know, you, your thing is also the you know the time travel. It's not needed. All of that 
sort of gl- um, well look I, I just stuff. do one or the other you- like I, for me like if you either yeah. you do the movie I just described or you scrap that all together and you do the movie that not opens with but pretty early on in the movie he gets tricked into doing the escape clause and the middle section of the movie just like in the last one where he w- w- wasn't Santa anymore for a bit and we were back in the real world do like your whole second act is in the modern day version of reality where he never became Santa. And we really dig into all the ways in which lives would have been worse without him being Santa. Including actually seeing Carol in that world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The... And you do all of that. And then you get to the, you know, he, he gets, you get to the end of the movie. You know, he decides that, no, he doesn't want that anymore. He got, you know, he goes and he learns his lesson and, you know, and then we can do the whole, you boy, what day is it? You know, he wakes up in the real, in, you know, he's Santa again. And he's happy about it. Because here's, uh, here's a question for you. I uh-huh. don't think she needs to be pregnant. No. I don't think that adds anything to the plot. No. Um, it, it, in a way, it slows... The movie crescendos and ends, and then they literally go, oh, shit, she, she needs to give birth, doesn't she? We better do that now. Like, I don't think there's it's... any reason to have the pregnancy bit. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you there is, but it's a bad one. There is... The, the, I can see what's happened logic-wise, right? So... The premise of the movie at the beginning, for listeners who haven't seen it, and I'm telling you right now, I don't recommend it. No, no, no recommending. Um, don't put yourself through it. It's not worth it. But the premise at the beginning of the movie is that she's at the North Pole, right? And she hasn't seen her parents in a long time, right? And the, the conflict is, it, to her parents, Scott's nicked her away. Yeah? The pregnancy is the excuse for why she hasn't just gone and visited them. Because when you're in a certain stage of pregnancy, you're not able to fly. Uh, right, yeah. So that it's that's there to contrive the other plot. Not right, because yeah, it adds yeah. anything to anything. Yeah, Although which is why they there's have a, to go to her. There's a glimmer though, earlier in the movie. Oh, it was so close, Chris. I nearly jumped out my seat. A moment, just a glorious second of character. Actual character, Chris, in the movie. Do you, do, you, do you know the moment? No, go on. It's when Scott says, I'm worried about being a father again because I didn't exactly get it right the first oh, yeah. time. Fucking yeah, yeah. hell. Someone woke up. Was that? Did they have a coffee that day? <laughs> did, somebody, yeah. did somebody decide to write an actual movie? <laughs> great line. It's a great, great line. line. Thank and that's God, another that's a glimpse also... of another potential uh, another potential plot that we could have had that would have worked and could have explored if they hadn't have written Charlie out to have him Deus Ex Charlie at the end. Oh, so weird. I what so what yeah, let's talk about the Charlie of it all for a second just because I'm baffled by this, Chris. You've seen this movie many times. Do you always wonder what's going on with Charlie in this movie because it's clear the actor is available, mm. but they keep finding weird excuses to push him out of the story the same way they do with Neil. Um, like at first it's like I'm not coming with you guys to the North Pole because I'm going snowboarding with my friends thanks for letting me go by the way dad exposition 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 but then he's like in the later parts of the movie multiple times because I was just like oh the actor wasn't available they had him for one scene so they did that and I was like fine you work within your constraints right that's no problem I get it like you can't always have all the actors so they wrote Charlie out that's perfect. That's fine. They got him for the one scene they got him for. But then he's in multiple other scenes across the movie. And I was just like, so why did you write him out initially? I don't understand what's happened. Yeah, it's, it's so weird. especially. But I suppose, I mean, if you, if you have him in the movie, is it just someone else for Jack Frost to freeze? 
Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah, but it's because yeah, because they did nothing with anything. Like it's like I was so excited that Laura and Neil um, and Lucy were coming to the North Pole. I thought there was going to be such fun that could be done with that as a plot. And they do. There's a couple of brief moments when they first get there where you go, oh, okay, this is why you do this. But then it's like they're in the way, and the movie has to get them out of the way. Don't put them in that that position then. Oh, but it's okay, yeah. Chris. We d- we don't want to waste time. <laughs> making things work we've got reindeer fart jokes to put in <laughs> and we've not mate we've not even talked about the pretending to be canada plot which is also in this movie <laughs> so for those who don't remember the story they've given carol's parents is that <laughs> she's in canada because scott has a job making toys in canada which is fine and i think this is fine and the the premise is the joke is that to because of the secret of Santa, which is the, the SOS, which by the way they didn't give a shit about in any of the previous movies, revealing Santa shit all over the shop. But fine, I mean he literally flies over a whole town of people dropping presents in the first movie. But whatever, all right, Santa's a secret for some reason now. Um, so the premise is they bring out the parents, uh, make them think they've been on a plane flight to canada but really they've they've been flown out magically to the north pole and then they just have to pretend the north pole is canada so you get things like the canadian national anthem is playing in the background when they arrive which is kind of cute they tell them that oh no canadian people are shorter referring to the elves you know but it's just so it's so ridiculous that it's like hard to even buy as a premise and it doesn't help that the actors involved are all just phoning it in. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened to get it, Alan Arkin to do this. Um, it it does, before we talk about Alan Arkin, it does lead, though, to my favourite joke in the movie, which I've never really particularly spotted before, but really made me laugh, which is they set up a load of Christmas trees and they have three signs which we pan across, and I've got it here, so I'll read them out as we pan. The signs say... Genuine Canadian Christmas trees. Then the second one is from right here in Canada. And then the third one says, which they really slowly reveal. The third one says, which is where you are now. <laughs> which, which is a legitimately funny gap. So someone uh, someone in the set design department was give, putting more effort in than the writers of this film. That's what, I, that's what I'm gathering. The, the thing about um, Alan, what's his name? Alan Arkin, who is one of like one of the most talented actors. I mean, I, he, like two years before he made this, not even two years. Oh my god, it came out the same year, Chris. The year that this movie came out, Little Miss Sunshine came out. <laughs> the thing is, though, where he gives an he's... absolutely astounding performance. But I'm sorry, I think he's good in this. He's giving no, a he's he, not. right. <laughs> Given, given that, right, in, in comparison to quality of an actor to quality of performance, his is much closer than Martin Short's. <laughs> See, well, I would agree with that if it wasn't for the last five minutes of this movie, Chris, when he's like, but if these are elves, then I guess it's, is this the North Pole? Like, oh my God, what, like, ah. He's, he's but passable what, in this movie what, until that Dan. sequence. Oh what my else god, is his acting what else, are, what else are those two as actors meant to do with that dialogue, though? 
I think they, I think they've given yeah. it. They did it, you <laughs> maybe know. That's, maybe that's true. They did it quite well. I got the end, but and then we're, we're delving to Martin Short. But the um, what I love is I because I've watched this film, you know, many a time, and I didn't. I I think I watched this for the first time at uni. It was just like what. And then obviously, yeah, because we didn't we didn't cover your history years. of this film actually. So what, what you know, you love the franchise, you know, generally you love the first one. At what point did you finally go? Oh, I'm going to watch the third. Did you watch, like was it straight away when it came out? Because we I, I don't I no think, I, I, years wise. This is 2006. So this is pre uni in terms of its release for you. Yeah, no, I don't way. think I I don't really know. I may have seen the second one earlier, but I, I it my uh, the closest I've got to a memory of it is actively deciding that you need to watch all three. Right, um, okay. and even I think I believe getting it on DVD, even, mm-hmm. um, and I'm watching it in our third year house actually, um, an experience you clearly didn't join us for. <laughs> but I think either definitely not me and one of our other housemates, Lou, or um, my girlfriend at the time, I believe, may have watched all three. But um, the but I can't really remember. But I definitely I definitely came I just, to it. At I, an age. I, sh- I shudder at the thought of how many people you forced to watch these movies over the years. <laughs> <laughs> I um I do uh, yeah uni is my first active memory of watching this film okay. and just being like huh but here's the thing uh, a couple of times you know but it, but it only know, been out a couple, a couple of years by that point right because so it's 2006 what when what year are you at uni 2010 2009 is is third year where I can remember oh okay if it's third year it's later on but yeah it's it's not like um it's not even like that old of a movie at that point no, point. no, no. That's true. That's just um, that's just how old we are, which is mm-hmm. uh, yeah, one of those realizations. Um, the but I will say because you know there's been a couple. Of, look, I'll be honest with you, Dan. Right, the way it usually goes, even with me when we're rewatching these movies, is you're fully on board and concentrating for the Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa Claus two that wavers a little bit. <laughs> By the time we're rewatching Santa Claus 3 for like the fourth, fifth year in a row, there's a chance neither Jess or I are paying too much attention to the film. Like, we're on our phone, we're whatever. Now, if you'd have asked me before this more concentrated rewatch for the purposes of reviews, is, is two of the ending conclusion points sort of hidden quite well? Mm. I'd have said, yeah, I think they are. And I remember that almost being a bit of a twist. Watching it back this time, the fucking the obscene references to her magical hugs, <laughs> like we literally watch her warm a frozen being in that snow globe. I'm like, wow, they're laying this on a bit uh, a bit thick as to how obvious this is gonna be. And when he when he gets him to when he records him on the pen, like the pen is the most prominent thing in the shot. And he, when he's mm. like, could you repeat that? And like, you see him so obviously subtly click it. Like, I was like, it's oh, honestly like, twist. it's, it's uh, like the, the pen, like just on the pen, Chris, I wrote in my notes, the pen, the pen is the solution. It's obviously the pen, the pen, the pen, the pen. I wrote the pen like a hundred times because then not only do they do that and give the game away with the pen. They then repeatedly show he's still holding it and thinking about it. There's a bit where he pulls it out of his jacket and looks at it for a second and then puts it back. What? What? Ha- I mean, what happened here? <laughs> I don't understand. Again, I'm confused at why the, the the creative team here thought that was the way to go because it's so obvious. It's so overt. I don't like. 
I don't know how you get there. Like, just a little bit of subtler, maybe, would be nice. I know it's a kid's movie, but do some do some effort. Do an effort. <laughs> maybe maybe do an effort, Chris. Oh, so funny. And the snow globe thing. I take it you were like, well, clearly she's going to... To be fair, with the snow globe thing and with her, you could maybe think she's going to be the solution, which she, by all intents and purposes, fucking should be. She's going to be the solution for Neil and... Laura is is what I think you might think, but yeah, then then obviously she warms she warms Jack Frost. So speaking of Jack Frost, Dan, yes, because I can't make up my mind about this because does Martin Short just know what movies in? Actually, am I meant to be irritated by the character? So actually, yes. it's he's doing exactly the right thing, and it is a good performance because it's mm-hmm. so irritating as it should be. I I cannot for the life of me make up my mind ever what I feel about Martin Short's performance in this movie. So, Dan, what do you feel about Martin Short's performance in this movie? I, I think Martin Short knew exactly what movie he was making and just went for that. I, 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 look, I, I see Martin Short enough times now to know that he's basically a genius, I think. Mm. I, yeah, and I... And I I would be willing to put money on him having read this script. God, oh, I get it. It's one of these like low budget, Judging. low stakes. Me and Tim Allen on a couple of backlot sets, pretending it's Christmas. See, this is the thing. Judging, mugging judging at the by camera. the outtakes, judging by the outtakes, if he didn't know what type of movie he was in, I think Tim Allen probably told him. <laughs> right, exactly. So, you know, it's. <laughs> It, yeah, we'll get to the outtakes because I've never known such forced like ha, 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 we're having such fun on this set. <laughs> like someone said, "Ah oh, shit, we haven't got any outtakes to put in the credits." Tim, could you could you like fake laugh halfway through this scene? No, the weirdest thing the weirdest thing about the outtakes. Sorry if I take us away here with loop back to Martin Short. The weirdest thing about the outtakes is the the bunny and and the mum outtakes because yeah, it was she... like they went. I would in fact I'm gonna look up now. Right, let's see if I'm. Let's see if she, I'm right. She seems genuinely uncomfortable. Yeah. So around this time, we'd already had forty-year-old virgin and a lot. You know, we Judd Apatow was a thing at this point in time, and it literally feels like, oh, that bit at the end of Judd Apatow movies where they show the cast doing different random line readings and trying to put each other off is 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 really quite entertaining. So let's do that. Like the bunny bit in particular. It just doesn't. You didn't make this movie like Judd Apatow makes a movie, <laughs> like movie. So don't don't pretend you did by randomly making the bunny say a bunch of different shit. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So um, with Jack Frost, I just think like he knew like what what to do, like to make to you know with with what was written, mm. he knew how to make this kind of like quite irritating, but also like quite over the top character I, I i think he i think he's delivering like like you said earlier with alan arkin i think he's delivering what's on the page as well as he can um it's just that what's on the page is a <laughs> something someone scrawled on a napkin <laughs> over coffee yeah <laughs> and they wrote they wrote, they wrote escape clause question mark and then they wrote <laughs> marriage in trouble question mark and, right. then, and then, and then they wrote do and it's a wonderful life from the triv, mate. They last week they had that last week, so it's like someone went. They were taking down the post-it notes, and someone went, "Oh, well, well uh, click, 
give me that one that says escape course. And then I'm, I'm going to be fucking armed when we go into the brainstorm for the Santa Claus three. Right. <laughs> Just slabs it on yeah. the desk. Yeah. So I, I look, I think he's doing what he can with the role. And I think, look, it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it is, it is funny to see him being manipulative in the couple of scenes where he gets to do that. Like when he manipulates, um, Curtis, I thought that was pretty good. Like, both his acting and even the writing for a brief second. Because at first he's doing it in a really obvious way. He's going like, you know, oh, you wouldn't you wouldn't know. It's fine. I'm sure Santa doesn't trust you with that kind of stuff. But then he does something else. I can't remember what the next line is. But he does, like, another attempt at manipulating Curtis into into telling him. And, it, and it, it's a much more convincing one. And, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, that seems fine. But... Yeah, and, you know, and he's good, yeah, at it, I, was... I guess. And also, all the him running around. I'll tell you what he is good at. He is good at the scenes where he has to pretend to be, like, not the cause of everyone's problems. <laughs> so, we're in that sequence when he's, like, trashing all of the stuff at the North Pole, and it's all going mad, and the in laws are getting mad at Scott, and, like, he's, like, he, he does that thing where it makes the tree fall down and crash. And then he's like, look, everyone, we just need to take a moment. Like, when he switches between, like, impish and causing problems to, to, like, trying to be helpful. Like, everyone just needs to take a breather. I'm sure it'll be fine, guys. I'll just get you all some cocoa. Like, he's good, he's good at doing those two, those two, the duality of the character. Because obviously, the character hasn't got a real, genuine duality. The other one is a fake thing that he's doing to get his way. But he's, he, I must admit, he is good at switching between those two things. Um, and the script gives him a few opportunities I, to demonstrate that, I guess. So, I, I, yeah, I think, I t- I think I t- he's fine in the movie. I don't think he's great, but I don't think he could have ever been. No matter what, you know, tell- no matter what he brought to it. Whether he thought it was the biggest role of his life and he put every bit of possible effort in, it still wouldn't have been a great performance because it, it, the script will limit that, I think. I tell you what, the... Um... The best example of that, and because you're right, it's it's as as I think we've talked about on here before. It's a very hard thing actually to do from a performance point of view to give a performance where the audience have to know you mean one thing, but the characters have to buy that you mean another. There was a film right. that we particularly, or a TV show on the pod on nothing but static that we particularly praised for this. But the the best example of what you're talking about, in my opinion, is the scene where he is manipulating Carol to get scott to come over and put the tree topper up and he's like why don't you get your dad to do it and he'll rush over right and yes. she's like oh yeah yes, dad yes. do you want to put the topper on the tree and scott just ignores it here's here's manipulation there and that martin short's delivery of the audience need to know i'm doing a bad thing but the character can't have any idea is is mm. perfectly executed in that scene yeah yep yeah, 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 I think you're right, and I think so. Yeah, there's there's moments where like it works briefly. Um, there's little flashes of it functioning. So, you know, I'm on board with that, and I think that's. I think he's doing his do the best he can. Um, also, you know, this is the movie where we get little girl Lucy telling Jack Frost to chill, Chris. You know, so. Oh, but, uh, yeah, but I'm sorry. I invented chill. Did make me laugh as a response. <laughs> did it really? Okay. <laughs> Um, I say one thing. I do. I say let's let's do a couple of positives. I, I want to do some positives, right? Um, set design still charming. Still like the design. Wish they'd done a bit more of the the, the sort of technological the elves stuff. You know, the sort of like some of the neon like stuff. It's a bit more traditional than the technology version we got in the previous ones, but it still looks nice. Um, I like. There's a brief moment when 
there's all this chaos that Jack Frost has in, is caused at the North Pole, and it's still not getting Scott down. And he's like, you know, he's like, oh, problem at work is you know, non, you know, only a problem while you're at work or whatever. And he's and that's when Jack Frost realizes if he's gonna hurt Scott, he's gonna have to go after the family. But it's that's a nice idea, like that he's like. You know, as a person, the idea that Scott Calvin is like the sort of person who's not going to be beaten down by his job. That's that's a nice idea, right? So, mm. cool. Um, I, uh, you know, so I do enjoy him using the legendary figures again to help him. I like the idea that this time we're using the Sandman to help, you know, uh, because in the last movie we used the Tooth Fairy to help. Um, so, yeah, using multiple yep. the legendary figures is a nice idea. And um, the the notion the notion of the <laughs> of the different of the her dad that uh, Alan's character is so is so stuck in his ways that even in a dream <laughs> he has a bad experience on the airline where yes, his wife yes. sit next sits next to Tony <laughs> Bennett and has the time of her life. That's a, that's a funny idea and it's played well. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that too. I, I think that's fun. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, let's see. There's got to be some other good stuff in here. Oh, uh... um, I still, I still maintain what I said last week. I think, other than you know having her mum say it, which you know, and present it as a negative, which is a logical thing. Um, in that, you know, that the character would do that. Um, I still think the representation of a blended family is good. Carol's genuine excitement to see Laura and Neil is lovely um and actually even carol's mum later is laughing with them around the tree and stuff so although yeah, oh, neil and laura get sidelined and are only there to be in the movie actually the the way scott gets on with lucy carol gets on with lucy that that blended family in a, in a movie made in 2006 i think is still actually ahead of its time on that <laughs> I, I would agree, but I do think they undercut themselves slightly because they have a scene earlier in the movie where she she's she's being sort of weirdly racist because she's like, I don't want to, I I need to hang out with people my own size, which is a weird thing to say and act. And then when she sees the family, it's a bit muddled because her excitement to see the rest of the family is big people and that that yeah. hurts it slightly in my opinion that weird mm. joke weakens that and it's a shame because i agree with you otherwise but it just kind of makes it seem like the reason she's excited to see them is not because she's actually excited to see them or because she's she's she, she you know she's looking to she she, she, she she for some reason she's she's tired of that'd be like right is it just me that'd be like me moving to i don't know fucking america and being like Ugh, Americans. Oh, I just need to see some not Americans, and then you come so, and visit me. So, and I'm like, oh, British people again. People that understand the need for cups of tea. You know, it's a it's so, a weird bit. It is, but so many British people do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I that, yeah yeah I, that's yeah. I'm not even gonna get into it, but yeah, that's hundred percent. That is true. My <laughs> my friend, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> one of my one of my closest mates got married in America, and unfortunately, they uh, they got married. It just happened to be kind of too quick for any of us as his mates to be able to go. Um, but his his mum and dad did make it over and go, and they did sort of a uh, a, a post wedding sort of party in the in the UK. And I went up to his dad. And I went. I went. How was how was the wedding? Seeing seeing your boy get married, and he literally went. Well, there was lots of Americans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
well, yeah, that's that's to be expected. He was, you were in America, and he was marrying an American. Like, just so, he was so, and that's literally. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, laughed it off. I was like, but you know, how was the how was the actual wedding? And he's like, well, the problem with Americans is, and I was like, oh fucking right, we are we are not discussing the wedding at all. Yeah, so so for me, like I, I I agree with you on this whole blended family thing. I do think this movie is probably uh, in that sense maybe a little ahead of its time, but I I think they, I think poor writing undercuts that. Sadly, yeah, okay. fair enough. Um, How, um, I did also write what... in my notes, Chris. Uh, Bernard wouldn't have let any of this happen. No, I do love the quick, <laughs> like, and bearing in mind this movie was only made like four years later. I do love the quick. I'm now head elf. I'm like, oh, that's our exposition for where Bernard's gone then. He's <laughs> like, retired. He's, he's so, uh, I mean, we're, we're stepping on trivia a little bit here, but fuck it. Might as well, right? So basically, David Krumholtz wasn't available at this point because he was doing the TV show Numbers and his schedule conflicted with the filming. Oh, so, so it wasn't even that he was too old then. It was, it was literally just a scheduling thing. Yeah, it was just a scheduling thing. So they were trying oh. to work around it. Um... They even at one point, right, Chris? You'll enjoy this as a as a as a, as a bit of trove. At one point, they were they'd re they'd reworked the movie so he could show up at the end, so he'd just do one scene. And the idea was that he'd come in at the end and be the one to arrest Jack Frost. For his, and for potentially his... maybe have him bring out the other legendary figures. Like have it makes way more sense for Bernard to be the savior than Charlie. Right, yeah. So Bernard was going to show up at the end of the movie, arrest Jack Frost, um, uh, but obviously they couldn't make that happen. So instead, the scene got replaced by Jack Frost getting redemption, which I hate, and we'll get to. Um, he, yeah. So he, so, so in the end, we're left with the idea that Bernard retired, which is fine, I guess. Right. right. Um, but it's not. That's not necessarily anyone's fault, you know. Right. Actor wasn't available, so let's. Let's talk redemption. Yeah, you don't like it? No, it's dumb. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's just, just so it's so lazy. It's like, oh, we need a happy ending. What happens to the villain? Ah, he's a good guy now. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, how are you gonna how are you gonna do that? Is he gonna go on a character arc? Is he gonna reveal something about himself or learn something about his past and realize the error of his ways? Is he is he gonna see the damage he's caused to the millions of children across the world potentially not getting Christmas? Like and and feel bad about that and 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 change his ways, nah, magic. It's just magic in it. We'll just do magic. Magical, magical hugs. Magical hugs, and then we'll do a really bad costume change where he's like not evil now, so his hair doesn't look like that anymore, and his suit changes color. And then we'll do one of the worst special effects ever committed to to cinema it's to film so ever. In Laura, about Laura and Neil, Neil Laura and Neil and freezing, yeah, 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 yeah. If it, look, if you, it, dear listener, if you happen to have access to Disney Plus, um, I would encourage you, while not to watch this movie, definitely don't, definitely don't, do just because you have to see it to believe how bad it is. Do skip to the end of this movie. I'll try and find you the time code if you stick with us. I, I, I'm going to pull it up while we're uh, while we're talking. Yeah, I've, I've got. I've got Disney Plus to hand, so I keep talking. I'll, I'll pull up the time. Great, just just to be amazed at the insanity that is the special effects of Neil and Laura defrosting towards the end of the movie. When when Jack Frost gets his gets his redemption, 
um, so, magic he previously done undoes, and they sort of melt back into being people. But it's it just looks insane. I don't. It's so bad. I I it, yeah, yeah. It's it's, so, it's awful. Uh, have, you, have you got have you got the time frame? Yeah. So twelve twelve fifty will also give you the. I like it, and then they it, <laughs> they play the hallelujah music over it, which is you so. Know, wait, what? So is it, did you say it was an hour and twelve? Oh, sorry, sorry. Wait, no, because that's twelve. Sorry, so it's twelve fifty one, like left of the movie. Uh, so in that case, in terms of the movie, you want to be at around uh, one hour twenty two twenty two minutes. We'll give you the the hallelujah as well. One hour maybe twenty-two just a minutes bit before that. About about one hour twenty-one minutes will give you what you need. Yeah, it was the, the the effect itself appears to be. I've got yeah. Okay, so I've got it here. The actual effect is at oh Christ, yeah, at twenty-two oh eight. It looks like so. Well, one hour twenty-two minutes and eight seconds, and you get Lucy turning around, and just the special effect, which is the yeah, worst. yeah. But it's laziest. also worth it's worth Jack Frost's. I like it. Ah! because that is insanity yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah it's real bad but so so i looked into this chris because i was like did this movie make anyone any money what's what happened here so i looked into it right and um uh, they, they made this movie for a very lean budget um which is on the subject of this special effect they made it for 12 million it's no money at all <laughs> like that's the the first one cost sixty million. I don't know what the second one costs, but this one costs twelve. 12 so this is a twelve million dollar movie, right? Which is nothing. Everyone's That's absolutely like nothing. fair. Fair play to Judge Reynold and Tim Allen. I can't believe no one's taken a pay cut to make that happen. Right, exactly. And like when you think about that, and you realize that this movie, because for a part of me went, really, twelve million? How? How? But then you go, actually, it's just this one backlot set, and then a couple of like shots in the real world. Most of this, they made that one, they made those couple of extravagant Christmas rooms, which they probably had parts of those sets left behind from the previous movie. So you're not building those from scratch, right? You just hire a bunch of kids, and then you have all these characters walk around talking on those sets. That's the whole movie. There's nothing else to this movie. There's no big set piece at the end where he's flying around on the reindeer. When you think about how little special effects are in this movie and how little big set pieces are in this movie, you go, oh, yeah. <laughs> so clearly everyone took a pay cut. Like, everyone just did it for nothing. And it was probably just a couple of weeks of shooting on the back lot. They didn't shoot anywhere on location, it doesn't seem. Uh, yeah. Also, that the kid, I'm just seeing her discography for at what point she made it. But... um. One of the one of the in terms of one of the child actors, one of the elves is that is like a really famous like she was in definitely maybe as April. Uh, no, that was Isla's Fisher character. Hold on, is it? Yeah, it was really distracting because Abigail Bressling, Bre- Bressling. I'm definitely not saying her name right. B r e s l i n. She was in definitely maybe and like and a bunch of other movies. So I was in terms of hiring the kids. Oh, and Little Miss Sunshine. <laughs> which mm-hmm. also came out the same year. God, her and Alan Thingamajig had a hell of a year, didn't they? But I found that so distracting because I was like, what are you doing in the Santa Claus? <laughs> like, you're legitimately, you know, oh, in Zombieland. Yeah, of course. Like, 
which is huge. Um, yeah, I found that so weird. Like, yeah. it's it's so almost as weird, Dan. And we'll probably talk about this um, on uh, on an episode of Lo- of Nothing But Static, which will be out now. Um, almost as weird as <laughs> Rob Thingy-Majig turning up in Lost. Um, Thingy-Majig from Mythic Quest and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. We yes. Just, we, um, Rob McKelladry. We've yeah. just, uh, we're, doing, we're doing Lost Series 3. It'll be out by the time this, this comes out. So look for it on Nothing But Static if you're into Lost. We do a retrospective of Season 3 of Lost and randomly... <laughs> Rob McKellery has a bit part, and it was so distracting. <laughs> yeah, it's always hard when that happens, though, isn't it? Because it's like in Donnie Darko, Seth Rogen has a small part, and right, yeah, and it's like you can't not be like, "Well, that's Seth Rogen." <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. not the film's fault, but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's one of those things. Um, yeah, very quickly, just I'll, I'll skim through any notes I have left. Uh, yeah, what's your other, what's your other notes, Daniel? Uh, yeah, Kurt, Curtis has hit puberty. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I wrote that. His voice is like so deep in this movie compared to the last one. Um, generic dialogue is the worst. Tim Allen Santa Claus knocks someone over, and he's all he could think, all they could lazily get him to say is, "That's gonna leave a mark." Well, that that specifically is what I thought you were really angry about because that's like the one minute twenty mark. <laughs> uh, it's a little. That's a little further in, but yeah, that's yeah. The, right. the one minute twenty is is the little girl saying the exposition line. When yeah. she's like, when she's like, why can't you teach something we want to know, like your history, for the purposes of this movie? Um, yeah, that's when I was really like, fuck this movie, which is pretty quick, like I said. Um, I did like the idea that Carol was like not saying anything because she like she understands how important his work is, and she's kind of torn between like he can't tell Santa not to be Santa, but also she needs her husband right now. That's that's an interesting idea. They never do anything with it or explore it properly because it's a lazy movie, but, you know, th- th- that's there. Um, my question on the Council of Legendary Figures is uh, what, where was Jack Frost the last time? <laughs> yeah. But also, but also, Scott's really shocked they've all travelled to the North Pole to come see him. Um, they, they did that in the last movie. So... Yeah. Yep. Um, I hated when he reached into his giant Mary Poppins bag all the cartoon sound effects. That's a no. Mm. Didn't like that. Um, Mm -hmm. I did enjoy, though. (laughs) You said his name earlier. What's the actor who plays Charlie? I forget his name. I always forget his name. Uh, Eric Lloyd. Eric Lloyd, who's who's good in these movies on the whole. Like, I, I, you know, these movies aren't good, which is a shame for him. But um, he is not the problem. He's a a good little actor. But... (laughs) One bit where he really nailed it was when Neil asks them to take a feelings inventory earlier in the yes. movie. Watch, just watch Charlie's yeah. face. It's so yeah. good. That kid's reaction was, is perfect. It was incredible because you really bought him as a kid that was just done with this shit. Like, yeah. I loved, like, his mum's clearly got into it. And uh, the little girl whose name I can't remember at the moment, um, but she she's been raised with you know Neil and Laura both as uh-huh. parents, whereas Charlie obviously wasn't raised for a fair bit of his life with Neil, and like they're all into it and doing it, and Charlie just looks at Scott as if to say, "You see this shit? Like this is my life. This is why I'm going skiing. This is why I'm getting out of here." Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's great. It's, it's a, a really it's good a bit. fantastic performance in that it scene. It really is. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, just tick, tick, tick. I like it very much. It's a good moment. Um, the fireplace. We got to talk about the fireplace. The most a, a, a fireplace, a fireplace that would make Donald Trump blush in terms of <laughs> how like gauche it is. How, how it's it, it, Trump will be like, it's a little much, you know. Um, it's 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 ridiculous. It's a giant fireplace of his own head. Um, that takes up so much of the room. It's the most absurd thing I've ever seen. But even more absurd is later on. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. <laughs> the in-laws who think they're just visiting a normal, a normal toy maker or, or toy businessman that runs a factory in, in in Canada has that fireplace of his own head, and no one questions it. <laughs> why? Why are they like? Don't write a scene where they're in that room. Because any other room, you can go, it's a toy factory. They've made it look all charming and Christmassy because that's just the theme that they went for when they built it. And you could kind of explain that, but you cannot explain why <laughs> the, the the boss thought it was necessary to have a giant fireplace of his own face made. It's one that's of the most so ridiculous good. things I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> so good. I love it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> are we uh, are we ready to to trim it up? Uh yes, I think so. Yeah, we are. Let's tr- let's uh, I'm going to give you some trivia. Let's do it. There's only a couple left. We covered a few of them. Uh Jack Frost's mention of Velkomin gentlemen is apparently a reference to the Father of the Bride movies where Martin Short stars alongside Steve Martin. I didn't catch that. Don't remember those movies, but sure. Um, the scrolling ticker sign in the toy factory says that 378 years without an accident. So they've not had an accident in 378 years until Jack Frost turned up, the bastard. Sure. Sorry, what about all the fucking... Like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, like, time doesn't... We know time doesn't work differently because of how, like, Charlie has aged. What about when all the toy soldiers in the last movie, like, tore shit up? Does that not count? Nope. <laughs> I mean, okay, fine. Oh, you know how I know that the answer is nope, Chris? Because you watched the movie? Because the scrolling ticker sign in the Toy Factory reads 378 years without an accident. Fucking hell. Alright. On that, they do, at the beginning of the movie, They do. this movie does again even better than the last movie. Pay another compliment. Like, it does show Scott being a great Santa very well. Does it? Yeah, he makes that better than the last movie. Never so, well, maybe not better than the last movie then. Yeah, because the last good. movie has all the stuff of him running around, talking to them well, about the different toys they're making, clearly being in charge. This movie doesn't do half as much of that, and it shows him playing well, problem... football with them and keeping the the team excitable. And no, 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 no. This, well, there's this... no because the problem is the problem is even as an adult, the thing that makes you most nostalgic about the magic of Christmas is scenes of young children interacting with Santa. There are no human children in this, apart from arguably Charlie, who at this point is a young adult, and Lucy. Lucy. Like, so you don't get to see that magic. You don't get to, you know, like the the kids queuing up to tell him what they want in the first movie. The the little girl talking to him while he's with um, Carol in in the in the kind of uh, graffiti place in the second movie. Like, you know, there's none of that. So it's really hard to do that. Um, but yeah, that that sign is wrong. I'm sorry, it just is. Mm. 
Yeah, there's oh, this, uh, the magic of this movie. There's just none. There's literally none. There's no Christmas spirit. It's such a shame to be doing this. It's the final one right before Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone, by the way. Um, I don't. I can't remember exactly what date this is going out, but it's it's around that time. When's this going out? This is going out. Oh God, this is the twentieth of December, Chris, for the for listeners. Um, so uh, it's always so weird. The last few years we've done this. Um, we record these about ten weeks ahead, so we always end up watching a Christmas movie at Halloween. And the year it worked out the best was when we did Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> Because we were watching that at Halloween and then it aired at Christmas, but this is like so weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we st- we started even earlier. This is the uh, this is the most ahead we've been at this point, and it was really like because uh, I yesterday someone dropped around a card and they didn't come in, and I texted and was like, "Why did you, like you could have come in?" And they were like, "Oh, we didn't we didn't think you were in." And I was like, "Yeah, no, I was in the lounge watching the Santa Claus 3. <laughs> And they were just like like you would in early October. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Um, despite Bernard not appearing in this film, apparently the novelization of it uh, of it uses his character a fair bit. As a novelization, apparently so. This is that era, though. Oh, I guess it, maybe it isn't. There's an, there was an era of filmmaking where every film had a novelization. They just they just hired a you know a grunt writer to just sort of do a you know. To do a, 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 you know, they hand him the script and say, D- "Do this as a, mm. as a, as a, as a novel," and they would just like churn out like a, you know, a quick like novelization of the movie that they would then sell. But yeah, in this case, they were like, "Fuck it, you can't, we can't use Bernard in the movie, but you're welcome to use him in the novelization." So he did. <laughs> God knows in what role, it's but sure. <laughs> currently unavailable, but if I can get hold of that, probably will. Hmm. Um, Tim Allen went through about 160 beards across this franchise, very similar to the number of glasses Daniel Radcliffe went through in the Harry Potter franchise. <laughs> I like that you were too annoyed to do it last week, but I'm glad it's back. Um, yeah, I, I, I realised that I'd forgotten it last week, but there you go. It's back. We did it. I did it again. Um, th- that entirely made up, by the it way. Be... I have no idea how many beards. <laughs> I had no idea. I just want to say, I'm very surprised to hear Dan that Bernard is in the novelization, to quote, quite a bit. Because the novelization of this movie, according to Goodreads, is only 128 pages long. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, well, well, uh, two scenes would be quite a bit compared to the movie, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so sadly this was one of the uh, final roles of Peter Boyle before his death in 2006 so that's the guy who played Father Time um, yeah that's sad um, mm, he's good sad in his movies um, he seems to be having fun with them so yeah to, to, to pull one out for Peter Boyle uh, very fine actor yeah. um, when Bud and Sylvia are shown round the square in Elfsburg, the Canadian national anthem O Canada can be heard playing in the background I think we covered that but there you go uh, Jack Frost says he's like the team mascot, eh? With a Canadian accent. Uh, Martin Short is, in fact, Canadian. So there you go. That's a thing. Uh, Tim Allen and Martin Short had previously starred together in 1997's Jungle to Jungle. How exciting. Which we're doing at some point. For sure. By the way. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without, uh, yeah, no no doubt. I've not seen that movie since I was a child, but I am no, mar- me mildly curious. But I remember enjoying it as a child, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, it is falsely believed that this movie was shot in, Can- uh, in Canada and specifically in the cities of Vancouver, Calgary, because the <laughs> previous movies, I believe, might were or something like that. Um, but the entire why? movie... Why would it be shot in Canada? <laughs> well, I think it's cheaper to shoot in Canada and I think they did for the second one, maybe. But um, right, okay. but, right. but it turns out um, the movie was shot at Downey Studios a suburb, uh, all suburban scenes was was shot on the studio back lot, including all the sets that were. Oh, <laughs> which, by the way, <laughs> consisted of sets built for Christmas with the Cranks, um, <laughs> another Christmas movie starring Tim Allen, uh, where Downey Studios closed um, and was demolished in 2012. The sets were also destroyed with it. So there you go. I th- I think I've seen Christmas with the Cranks, and it is also not a good movie. Sure, meh, that sounds right. So, the answer to Mrs. Teacher Clause's... Why would you phrase it that way? Mrs. Clause's math question is three hours. An object moving in one direction at 20 miles per hour would take three hours to travel 60 miles... Which I, sorry, three hours to travel 60 miles. And another object moving in the opposite direction at 50 miles per hour would take three hours to travel 150 miles. So the answer, of course, is three hours. I've not double-checked that math, but that sounds right. So there you go. Mm, I'd say um, so. Yeah. It's now time, Chris... For cars exist. So sadly, I thought we might get a Ford Taurus in this movie because we have flashbacks to the past. Yeah, we didn't. Very sadly. Which, uh, yeah, which in a way is the movie's biggest crime. I think so because that means we've not got any comments from uh, a correspondent and a good friend of the podcast, JJ underscore John underscore Johnny, who we love and is our resident Ford Taurus expert. Um, but alternate future scott calvin so scott calvin that's present day but never became santa he drives a 2005 ferrari f430 um which is a a bit you know it's it's a bit much as a car but you know well that's the you know that's the position he's in you know it's it's uh Mm -hmm. it's truly the magic of christmas to really essentially confirm that you know the the Santa thing is what changed his nature. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. That's quite dark, really, isn't it? That. <laughs> yeah. I I yeah. said this in the review of the first movie. It's it's not a it's not a it's not a charming thing. It's a curse. It's a, it literally changes who he is as a person. Like. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and reminds me very he's much. A ni- of, he's a nicer uh, he's a nicer person, but at what cost? You know, uh, another film we definitely have to do on this podcast at some point with similar themes. Well, basically another ripoff of It's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. Click. Absolutely got to do Click at some point. Mm. Yeah, Click. Click's an interesting one, actually. Yeah, because I haven't seen... I, 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 I saw Click in the cinema and I remember coming out being like, that was so much better than it had any right to be. And I've never gone yeah, back I... to it because I'm really scared it's going to be shit. Yeah, I thought that. I always loved Click, and then I forced some friends to watch it uh, a couple of years ago, and they did not love Click. <laughs> yeah, that's what's interesting. I, I, I thought it was. I remember. I remember having a very good time watching it in the cinema and being pleasantly surprised by it. But I, I fear that it, that's just it was a you know, right movie, right moment. It just sort of clicked in that exact moment for me. But in reality, when I sit down to watch it again, it won't. So yeah, that's 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 something that's coming. But yeah. Um, so that's that's the movie. Um, Christ, I, j- I don't know, Chris. Uh, 
I, I stand by what I said last week. If you're after some, if you want to have the nostalgia of the first film and just laugh at the absurdity of the second two, especially because this is more absurd than the third than the second, um, then go for it. But if you if you don't have that in you to kind of watch a movie to know it's bad and laugh at that, then I I wouldn't recommend this. Um, but you know, it's not putting me off doing it every year. So I think that says more about me than the movie though. <laughs> because it's not actually about it's not actually about the movies it's about having a tradition with my wife that's what that's what that's actually about um so mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think i would agree it's interesting though isn't it like I, I i just think like they clearly look this was clearly like designed to be like you know straight to dvd sort of like mm. sequel-y type fare like they clearly you know the, the the budget alone tells you what they were going for with this um how because i don't know if you know dan but tim allen is making a santa claus tv show which will already be out at this point but seems very much set in the santa claus north pole world from what we've seen in the small glimpse in the kind of teaser trailer how are you feeling are you nervous is is i guess my question sorry the line broke up a little bit there i'm gonna have to ask you to repeat that sorry so basically, I was saying that from the description and the teasers we've had, I don't know if you're aware, but Tim Allen is making a Santa Claus TV show. Oh, yes. And the, you know, all of the teasers, well, well, the one teaser at this point, it's out by the time this goes air, this comes, you know, this airs. But uh, from our point of view, we've had one short teaser and a bunch of descriptions. Now, from all of those, we seem to be very much playing in the North Pole Santa world. So based on... The second in this movie, does that make you nervous for that TV show? Uh, no, because I because I think that's they're doing that to be the you know it's the imagery and iconography you recognise. I suspect a great deal of it is going to take place in suburban America for budgetary reasons. Number one, but number two, I think because the premise is going to be him out in the real world looking for a replacement Santa. So, yeah, I, so I, I, I I'm not, I'm not yet worried. That's if we start to see a lot more trailers and they're all looking like that, I might start to get a bit worried. Um, yeah. But so far, I'm not convinced that's 100% what it's going to be. Mm. I'm still, I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped for, for the TV show. I'm pumped to watch these movies again. Uh, I wouldn't recommend them as, you know, films, but there we go. Uh, but Dan, we're after, I mean, you know, look. Look, we've had you know in cool cool runnings was a lovely respite in between <laughs> the last few harry potter movies avatar and this trilogy so dan i beg you give us some quality it's your choice mm-hmm. where are we going next i'm 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 a, I'm a little torn chris because mm-hmm. there's two movies we could choose at this stage well, I could choose at this stage. One is a bit of a cheat because it's a much, much more recent movie, but I know it's an absolute banger, like one of my, all, maybe on my all-time favorite movies list. And the other movie is a movie that I remember very fondly, but there's always that small chance with a movie you remember fondly that it doesn't hold mm. up as an adult. But it's an, it's, it's a much more classic rewind review fare. So I'm probably going to go with that. Okay, so what what is that? Okay, so Chris, <clears throat> next week we are going to be sitting down to watch 1991's 
Robin Williams classic, Hook. Oh, yeah, that makes sense because we've referenced Hook recently. So, yeah, mm-hmm. let's do it. I, I really liked that movie as a kid. Um, I think I watched it. I think I last watched it. God, maybe around, maybe after his death. Maybe I did. Maybe I did that the horrible thing you not you shouldn't really do, but sometimes it's hard not to when an actor you're really fond of passes away, where you end up going back to some of their older work. I think that might be the last time I saw Hook. Um, but yeah, it's a it's it, it, it it's a movie I absolutely beloved as a child. I watched it so many times. I'm hoping it holds up because you, you're right. We do need to we do need to pick a good one. But it's you know it's a Steven Spielberg movie. How can you it's go Hook, wrong? man? Hook's a, Hook's a classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think... Uh, have I you, think have you seen Hook? I, we'll talk about it more next week, but I believe Hook was on in the background while I was at a friend's house and I didn't pay a lot of attention to it. Is Fair I believe enough. my only exposure to Hook. And I think that's uh, happened more than once, actually. I think that might have happened at a, like, at a Christmas round someone's house or something. Mm. I, I think Hook... Well, unless I watch it and go, oh, maybe I did sit and watch this. I think... I think I have been in rooms where Hook has played, but I'm not sure how much attention I paid to Hook. Yeah, because for me, when we were talking this week, the reason Hook came to mind, if, if we have discussed it recently, that's a, a bit of a coincidence, because the reason I was thinking of Hook was because when I think of a movie that really does have a magic to it and a, the feel of magic to it, I do often think of Hook, because I remember when I was a kid, Hook feeling like a very magical movie. Um what? I swear it came up literally in the context of me going, I don't think I've seen Hook on here, and you being like, well, we're definitely doing Hook at some point then. Yeah, that's. I I'm, think... I'm, I'm certain that's probably true, but I, what I'm saying is yeah. my choice of it in this occasion, I, I didn't, that that wasn't so in the, the forefront. I, I'd, I'd right, since right, forgotten right. that conversation, and the reason it was swimming to the forefront of mind, or maybe it was subconsciously because of that, but yeah, I was just thinking about movies that had, because I was so disappointed with the lack of magic to this movie, and the lack yeah, of heart yeah, in sure. this movie, and I was just thinking, I was thinking of Hook, so yeah, we'll see. We'll get, so, get, cool. get, some, get some Rufio action. You can, Rufio. You can catch that. Rufio. <laughs> You, I don't know what that means because I've not seen it. You know, Chris, you know what frustrates me, Chris? I wish, I wish, Chris, there was a way right now for our listeners to hear that episode a week early. Well, I just, but there's well not done. a way. There's no way to do it. I don't understand. What? Like we're we're, we're, we're stuck. We're in a we're we're, we're 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 we can't do anything. There's nothing we can do to help them. Be be prepared to have your mind melted like Laura and Neil at the one hour twenty two <laughs> mark of this movie, Dad, because actually. Yeah. People could listen to it right now they on patreon.com forward slash nothing but static. Oh, wow. Yeah. For, for how much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because surely that's, uh, that's, that's got to be for a, for what's, what's, I, that, that's got to be worth a shiny penny, like at least, you know? It, but literally, the smallest of shiny pennies. Really, yeah. essentially, I think $1 is the lowest. Pay whatever what? you want. Like, you, you only want to give wow. a dollar? Not a problem at all. We're grateful for it. We're, we're thrilled for it. Thank you so much. Wow. Um, and they get access to yeah. this, that episode a week early. Yep. Just just yep. that and, episode, surely. And, we, we're not gonna we're not gonna keep giving them episodes a week early. That would be madness. No, 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 mate, 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 mate. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Every week, mate. Every, Every week. damn week, you can wow. get an episode early. Some weeks, at some point, maybe, definitely, should be some bonus <laughs> shit. Oh my god! Which is exciting. There's a bunch of bonus stuff. We've we've we there's a rip off of another podcast we've talked about that we've never done. There's nothing but claps the sequel which we've never done, and there's a new idea. Which is a lot of fun that we're we're going to potentially do as well. So it's well worth a you know 
the smallest amount of money you could possibly give to something, I would say. And mm-hmm. I don't say that derogatively. If you're willing to do that, even that is that is incredible. We are incredibly grateful for a dollar. That means the world to us. Um, yeah, it does. So, yeah. It does. So, there you go. So, you can hear episodes of this and our other podcast, um, Analyzing Avatar, one week early over on the Patreon, as Chris already said. So, um, that's you can, you can do that. That's very good. You can also support us in other ways, Chris. I don't know if you're aware of this. Non-financial ways, such as going over to the YouTube channel, no. liking and subscribing. You can also go to the podcast oh. platform of your choice and review our podcast oh. in-app. It's usually very easy. You can heart or star or like or thumbs up or whatever format they have. And when you do that, sometimes you can leave a, word, a written, like a word review, like you know, with your, with your words. Use your words, Chris, and um, you can you can tell us all about your. Don't review the podcast. That's boring. Tell us all about your rewind review experiences. What movies have yes. you gone back to from your childhood? Have been like ick or wow. That's the exact. Yes, because that's the yeah one we, or the other. You, there's no in between. Yeah, because we will be, we will be, uh, we will be taking requests for films as well. So let us know, and and you never know, we might end up doing the the movie you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And then of course, there's the non, there's the other, there's the non, the, the non, in, the, the non involved ways to support us, which is just to keep listening, or to, you could tell a friend. You could always tell a friend. We appreciate that too. Or of course, as we always say, if you're not enjoying this podcast, then don't do any of that. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's not a problem at all. We, uh, yeah, we. Yeah, we, we won't be offended if you're not enjoying. Don't worry about not listening. If you are enjoying, thank you for continuing to listen. And if you can't do any of that, not a problem at all. Just just mm-hmm. the listening is uh, is great. It's music to our ears. We love it. Yep, keep doing that. Um, so with that all in mind, um, we're gonna let you, we're gonna actually get let you guys go at a, at a reasonable time this time. Um, for the first yes. time in a long time, thanks to fucking Harry Potter and Avatar. Um, yes. And for some reason, the first of these movies. Um, yes. So yeah, thanks yeah, everyone that for was insanity. I'm going to hand it over to Chris <laughs> to wrap us up. <laughs> just realised how crazy it is how long that first Santa Claus podcast is. But this one hasn't been. We're under an hour th- an hour 30, people. My name's Chris Billingham. <laughs> My name's Sam Billingham. <laughs> and this review has been rewound. <laughs>